The following podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not represent other podcasts or affiliates of Gunna Geek. Check out more podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And now get ready, because geekness starts in 3, 2, 1. The Gunna Geek Network presents the latest installment of All Things Good and Nerdy. With your hosts, Naki. Turner is really, really great for Ford. Anthony. No pants, all bacon and dick butts. And Chris. So I'm going to say this as nice as I can. You go to hell, sir. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> They're here each week to talk about the latest in nerd news. And sometimes they bring a special guest host along, too. As Magneto once said, ha ha ha, welcome to die! I want to cut you all. I'm just going to cut you all. Meat candy. Woohoo! You have boobs! So kick your feet up and relax as you take in the latest crazy episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. So the other day, uh, I was playing Mario cause, with uh, one of our kids because it was, it was slow. It was only the two of us in the room, so we were playing Mario. And um, he, he he turns to me and he says, you know, you kind of look like Princess Daisy. I'm like, no, not even a little. And he goes, no, no, no. He's like, look. And he he took my hair and put it on top of his head and goes, no, 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 I'm Princess Daisy. That's basically <laughs> This is a five-year-old I wish, I'm talking I about. wish we had video of this. Because yeah. that would be glorious. I know, there's so many things I wish I could, like, show. They would, they I wish would probably there was, there's, like, so you, many uh, things I could show. They would probably frown upon you videotaping a bunch of children, I'm guessing, so, yeah. Yeah, that's why, like, I don't even carry my phone with me while I'm in there. Like, it's just... That's yeah. just one thing for the little children to break. I think it's mainly considered creepy when guys do it. Yeah. I just think it's but creepy. Still, but... I don't. I think most children are just creepy, anyway. So that's beside the point. Most <laughs> are. They really, really are. And if I remember right from an early episode of this podcast, Naki thinks they're little Hitlers. They are. They're tiny, tiny little Hitlers, and that <laughs> hasn't changed. My, my Hitlers. Like my my train of thought of that has not changed. You know, working in and this now room, she like kids. <laughs> Naki's life is like in a playthrough of South Park Stick of Truth, where she just didn't get... No. All I'm thinking is the Nazi zombies right now is Naki's job. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Sorry, that wasn't very funny. I apologize. I still need on, to... On I that uh, not-so-funny note. I need to get out. I, there's a glitch in the game, and I'm stuck. I'm hoping that it... You're stuck as the Hoff still. I'm still stuck as the Hoff. That sucks. That does suck. But welcome, everyone, to episode 108 of uh, All Things Good and Nerdy, recorded live on Sunday, May 18th, 2014. I think we're going to call it Stuck as the Hawk, because that makes sense. Uh, I am Chris. Joining me, we've got our regular crew, crew today. I've got uh, Anthony. Yep, yep. And we've got Naki. Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes, making pancakes. That's what you got I'm going You've got bacon pancakes? Boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and I want bacon and I want pancakes. If you bacon combine them, pancakes. it's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> mm, all right, you guys do the show. I'm going to make pancakes. Bye. 
That, that yeah. sounds pretty good. Bring us back some pancakes, Chris. We need Let's... some bacon pancakes. pancakes. <laughs> Maybe that should be the name of the show. Who knows? Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Making bacon pancakes with the Hoff. <laughs> done. I'm, deter- I'm going to get that stuck in everybody's head because it's been stuck in mine for like a week. Yeah, but Maybe you see, my, my brain is so tired right now, you can't really get anything stuck in it, so you're welcome to try, but <laughs> no dice. I'm just going to be mumbling it over here at... Understand? I just watched Josie and the Pussycats last night, so now I'm going to be subliminal messaging bacon pancakes and everybody's Not head. you forget that I have the control room abilities on here, so I can just mute your mic. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever actually watched that movie. No, That I movie is awesome. You need to watch it in all of its 2001-slash-90s glory. It's, it's just amazing. <laughs> uh, it's on Netflix, right? Uh, I watched it on HBO Go. Okay, well that works too. I have that. I was like, I'm not paying money to see this. If it's on Netflix, I'll do it. But yeah, no, that's not a pay for movie. No. Ooh, speaking of which, Netflix just got um, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, I got a bit of big announcement email yesterday. I'm like, and delete. And there goes my rage again. <laughs> 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 Although I will fully admit I'm a hypocrite because I bought the movie because it came bundled with a phaser. I Wait, still want that phaser. Oh, that's right. Rosario Dawson's in it. That's totally the one reason to watch Josie and the Pussycats. Ooh, that's true. I've had a wicked crush on her for a long time. She's so awesome. Yeah, she solidified her awesomeness in Clerks too, in my mind. Yep, yep. The boob bounce and dance on the roof. Yeah. There's lots of boob bouncing of Rosario Dawson and, and Josie and the Pussycats. I'm a bigger fan. She's fan. got some good boobs. <laughs> Everybody appreciates good boobs. Damn right. Everybody does, and I think that might be your new bit on the intro. <laughs> no, Bacon and boobs. Bacon and boobs. Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. No! <laughs> instead of rambling about pancakes and boob bouncing, you guys want to roll into our news of the week? News yeah, yeah. of the week. So I News will... team, assemble! News team, assemble! Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Assemble! I will go first this week because Anthony and I's news stories will work together. Those of you who might have been paying attention this week, they put an awesome trailer out for a new television show coming out next season that we all knew was coming, but the CW dropped a five-minute trailer for The Flash. This is after they dropped an awesome 30-second spot, or maybe a minute. Yeah, yeah, they did the trailer during Arrow's finale. Which was bad. And then what was it, the next day? Yeah. They dropped a five-minute prequel, basically. Yeah, a five-minute extended trailer on The Flash. And I was like, holy crap. And you get an idea of where they're going. There's a reverse Flash mention. You find out about the Weather Wizard. The special effects don't look crappy. Yeah, They basically show you everything you're going to really see in the first episode, the pilot. Right, because that's all they've done so far. Boiled down to to like five minutes. And you get a nice little scene in this extended trailer that is uh, Barry and Oliver Queen and his Arrow guys talking on a rooftop about how to be a hero. Yeah, which I like that part. Yes. Plus, Oliver Queen was also in the, what, one-minute-long trailer they showed during the Arrow season finale? Yeah, the actual, yeah, the first look at the Flash. Which, I, I loved how they did that, how it was actually Ollie. 
Yes, that was fantastic. Well, Stephen Stephen Amell has seemed legitimately excited about this show also. I mean, that dude's always brewing, brimming with excitement about Arrow, so I'm pretty sure it's just natural to continue that on uh, Flash. He's a fun guy. I like following him on social media. Anybody that's not following him on Facebook, you're missing out. He quite often grabs his fucking phone, shoves it up against the mirror in his trailer, and shoots little like 30 to 60 second videos talking to the fans of Arrow. And he'll drop some real information about how they did some of this stuff. You're like, holy crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's all over Facebook and Twitter doing cool stuff on there. I, one of the coolest things he's doing right now is they're doing a charity auction where he has got one of the uh, the $300 DC statues of Oliver Queen from Arrow. And he said, I'll sign it and write whatever you want on it, but all the proceeds go to charity. And when I checked last night, that statue's up to $26,000. Holy damn. Yeah. It, it is ridiculous. I'll, go, oh, I'll try cool. and pull it up on eBay where it is now, but... That charity's going to get a nice chunk of change. That's cool. Yes. It would help if I actually spelled things properly. But, yeah, the Flash <laughs> is coming. It actually looks really good. Yes. Green Arrow statue signed by Stephen Amell for charity is currently sitting at $26,000 with 92 bids on it. Wow. Proceeds will go directly to the family of a young girl named Sophie Isabella Ryan. Check out his Facebook pages for more details. It's awesome. I mean, kudos Very to this cool. guy. He gets it. <laughs> He's one of the guys nowadays that actually get how to do social media to advance yourself yeah. and your show because he's yeah, very he smart does. about how he does things. Yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. Plus, he's also got a winery. I gave him my high five. Did you? Mm-hmm. He was That's at cool. New York Comic Con the week that, or right before Arrow premiered, and I was his stage manager. Well, that's cool. He does seem like a legitimately nice guy. And if he gave you a high five, he must be, because I wouldn't. No, I'm joking. You hugged me, although it was kind of forced. <laughs> that's because somebody launched themselves at me, and I was like, what the shit? <laughs> you called me first. Everywhere, huh? <laughs> I did notice her first, because her hair stood out. And then Jeanette attacked me later that day, too. That that's was generally how leap. we roll. Yeah. <laughs> flying leap. But that was my news point this week. It's the Flash trailer. If you haven't seen the extended trailer, go watch it. It's 5 minutes and 22 seconds of pure awesomeness. Holy crap, it looks good. And I'm really hoping they put Flash after Arrow this season. So you get yeah, two hours. Yeah, I don't see how they, how they won't do that because that would just it would be stupid to not program it that way. That's what I would think. But you never know. It's, it's the TV industry. They always confuse me a lot. That's true. They do make weird choices. They do. I'm going to toss to Anthony now. I know he's got a news point for us that's probably fairly close related to my Flash news. Actually, I just thought I'm going to roll both of them into it, because speaking of auctions and charity, the original art for the first Wolverine appearance sells for $657,250 at a Heritage auction uh, two days ago. Damn. It's now... What's weird is it's tied for the exact same amount as the Todd McFarlane cover art for Amazing Spider-Man 328 which also featured the Hulk. So the two, like, I think it's the two most expensive pieces of comic book art ever sold for the same price, which is really weird. But this is the most expensive piece of interior, one interior page that's ever been sold at auction. And when you're talking about the charity thing, uh, Herb Trimpey was the artist on it, uh, drawn by Herb Trimpey and Jack Abel. And it says uh, in the article on um, Comic Book Resources, it says, Trimpey gave the artwork, gave... To a, 
to the former owner in 1983 when the then teenager visited the artist. In honor of Trimpy's generosity, the seller has designated a portion of the sale to the Hero Initiative. That's awesome. Which, That's uh, fantastic. Cool. So yeah, so like this guy just sold a page of artwork that he was given for free for over half a million dollars, and he's donating part of that to charity, which I think is pretty freaking cool. That's awesome. I completely approve of that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the that's the auction part. But then yeah, the Arrow season finale was amazing. I Anybody that's agree. not caught up on Arrow, I feel sad for you. I didn't. I I couldn't even wait this time to like watch it the next day on the CW or Hulu like I normally do. I actually took over the TV in the living room from the wife on what was it <laughs> Wednesday night? Was it Wednesday or Tuesday? I can't remember. Wednesday, because yeah, Tuesday was, was Agents of Shield. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I was like, well, we ended up having the mother-in-law's birthday party Tuesday, so I totally missed out on the Agents of Shield. But come Wednesday, when I got home from work, I'm like, at seven o'clock, the TV is mine. I am watching the Arrow finale live. I will not be spoiled. I have to see this shit. And yeah, it was so freaking cool. The throwdown between all of Oliver's crew, Amanda Waller's crew. Friggin' uh, Deathstroke's crew just battling everywhere. Imminent threat of death for the entire city. And then I think my favorite part is the final fight was actually two fights simultaneously, the present and the past. You get to see yep. both fights between Arrow and Deathstroke. That was so fucking well done. The only, My only problem with it was that the fight was too short. I wanted I to see so the too. fight in the present last like 20 minutes. And, I mean, they just they kind of had to wrap it up because it was at the end of the episode. But, like, that's my only complaint is that I didn't get to see those two guys beat on each other for, like, half an hour because it would have been amazing. I also loved how the uh, the shippers went crazy temporarily on Twitter because I was watching it semi-live. So I went on Twitter, and you have the whole scene between Felicity and Oliver in the mansion. And all these people are melting down. Like, oh, my God, this yeah. is so great. I'm like, there's got to be a twist coming. <laughs> I, it's funny because that was one where as soon as I saw him say that, I'm like, oh, he's uh, fucking with Deathstroke and putting Felicity up as his fake love interest. Yeah. Like, as soon as he did that, I knew that he knew the house was bugged. Yep. And I love that John Barrowman was back for this, and John Barrowman is now yeah. a regular for season three. Fantastic. Which is awesome. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like is really Deathstroke's going to leave these little mini cameras that look like, you know, giant black squares that are one inch by one inch, just, like, stuck to picture frames. Like, it's the most non... Fucking ninja ass move ever. Oh, I know. Look at these giant spy cameras I'm going to stick all over your house. You'll See, never notice these. The only problem I had is my DVR cut off like two minutes early for some reason, so I had to catch the last two minutes online. I love the end reveal as they're getting ready to leave the island. And they're like, well, it's a 16 hour plane ride. How do you know how to fly a plane? He goes, just because I was gone for five years doesn't mean yeah. it was all on the island. And I'm like, I yeah. called it. I called this shit. <laughs> yeah, which he said before. Yeah, just because he was gone for five years doesn't mean he was on the island the entire time. And the reveal that he's meeting Amanda Waller in, what is it, Thailand now? In the past? Yeah, I think yeah, it was Thailand. I was like, oh, that's fucked up. It's like, well, now we know why Ollie has a, yeah, has a past with Amanda Waller. Yep. It's, it's well, really well done how they're building up his backstory to be interesting yet different than the comics at the same time. Oh, so yeah. Th this show has defied all of my expectations. When I first started watching it, it's just because it, it was a fun story. I didn't have to think too much about it. And as they've gotten more mature, especially... Season two, about six episodes in. Well, I guess it's nine. About the same time they bring Barry Allen in, they just hit their stride. They haven't looked back. It's become honestly my must-see show each week. 
Yeah, the writers are doing a damn good job, and it's funny because I'm thinking about it now, and I'm wondering if I actually don't enjoy Arrow more because I'm less of a DC fan, and I know almost nothing about Green Arrow. See, and I'm thinking the same thing. I have less expectations with that than I do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is why I think I enjoy Arrow more right now. I see, and I, I guess I don't mind Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it's not, I mean, it's not based on a comic book. There is no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book, so just whatever they do, as long as they throw in a comic book reference every once in a while, I'm fine with it. But I truly love Arrow, and I think it's because I wasn't a fan of Green Arrow before. It very well could be. I mean, it's been really good, and those who haven't seen it yet, go and watch it, and those who have seen it, make sure you tell Naki at One Nerdy Cupcake on Twitter to go watch Arrow. Damn right. Yeah, and the entire... We've, I think, we've only been telling her for, what, six months now? I'm getting there. I watched Josie and the Pussycats instead. <laughs> yeah, which for that you should apologize. Yes, first no, you should apologize. Never. <laughs> we'll never apologize for Josie and the Pussycats. That's all right. Nobody has to apologize for Rosario Dawson. No, uh, Draftsman also so said the chat hot. Just checking on the chat room, Draftsman said the Constantine trailer was also really good. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, I just worry about him. They made him British. Up. I'm so excited. And blonde, like he's supposed to be. The dude looks just like John Constantine. I I think my favorite part was literally when you get the perfect idea of his character when that chick is going nuts in the asylum and he walks up to her, looks at her, like sees the the blank eyes and goes, nope, not my problem, and walks away. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking perfect. That's perfect Constantine. It was, nope, it was not fantastic. It was really good. Uh, yeah, so that's another one to check out. The trailer for that is up on GunnaGeek.com because they had it up there pretty quickly, so go check that out. They've probably got all those other trailers we've talked about by now, so check out GunnaGeek.com yeah. or YouTube to find them. And I can't remember where I saw it at, but they did release the first picture of the girl from iZombie. They like, did. done up in white makeup, and she's sitting there eating a brain with, like, chopsticks. Was, like, I did really see it, too. Weird. I just can't remember where. That's the problem. Yeah. But yeah, next next year, man, there's going to be some serious comic book, you know, related shows on TV. They already took over the movie industry, now they're taking over television. I love it. Yeah, do too. Uh, Mike in the chat room has said that uh, he thinks there's going to be an Agents of Shield comic eventually. I think they might do a straight to digital on that one. Yeah, I could definitely see Marvel doing trying to do with that, like what DC's done with some of their uh, digital first books, like Smallville or something. Right, and uh, I, I would Batman definitely Beyond. see them doing that. But you, you know what I've realized, and we touched on on this show, once they changed the Comixology app so you can't buy an app, I haven't bought any digital comics since that changed. Oh, since so you can't buy on uh, yeah, your yeah. iDevices? Yeah, I have to go onto the website, and it's just not as convenient. And there's also the fact that I don't remember my Comixology password. <laughs> <laughs> that, that does make a difference. So I sat there, I'm like, it's one of the three passwords, and I tried all three, I was like, well, shit. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, yeah, I just checked to be sure, but yeah, the entire season one of Arrow is on Netflix, so you can instant stream the whole damn thing, all right. 23 episodes. And they were very quick after the end of season one to put season one on Netflix. It was probably three or four months after the season ended, I, they put it up there. I want to say it was about a month or two before season two started. They had season one up so everyone could catch up. Yeah, they were quick. That and also they did, um, because well, Stephen Amell did the voiceover on the season one wrap-up, didn't he? He did. Which is pretty cool. So you could find that episode. I'm not sure if it, it was on the CW's website, which was, it was a, 
pretty cool little wrap-up because in like 40 minutes, I guess, it pretty much broke down the entire first season of Arrow with Stephen Amell doing the voiceover to, like, to move every sequence to sequence. That was really cool. I still think one of the coolest ones I've ever seen do that, though, is when uh, they did a promo before, I think it was season four of Battlestar Galactica, where Katie Sackhoff did the entire series of BSG in six minutes up to that point. Nice. It was It was awesome. See, so you have Draftsman in the chat room saying, I think DC is trying to do good TV since Marvel is made has made its home on TV. Marvel's more made their home on the movie screen. Their TV has been shaky. Their, Don't get me wrong, I like Agents are... of S.H.I.E.L.D. But it... No, their movies are definitely superior to the DC. Yeah, exactly. and I, I would say, honestly, I think, yeah, if, you, if you're going to compare the television to movies, DC has owned the TV side of it. Because whether you liked it or not, Smallville was a great fucking show. Especially near the end. Yeah, and they, I mean, that thing lasted ten years. I'm not sure it, you know, I mean, some people didn't think it was going to last a season. Most comic fans didn't think it would last more than two or three. And it lasted a fucking decade. Yeah, that is impressive. amazing. Yeah, for a show about Superman where he's never in the outfit and can't fly. Yeah, and they made it a point of saying no tights and no flight for the entire yeah. run of things. Which And I thought it was funny because people complained, like, oh, that show was never supposed to have him fly and he flew in the last episode. I'm like, yeah, it was the last episode. Like, that was the goal. Yeah, Their that's goal what was to wanted. get to the point where he puts on the suit and flies away and that's the end of the show. And I actually like saw people online complaining. It's like, yeah, but they eventually had him flying around as Superman. It's like, well, yeah, that was the point of the last episode was it's, to get him to the point where he is Superman now. It's the payoff. They tease you with that happening forever. I mean, yeah. even the simple teases, like there's the scene he's dancing in the barn and he starts to hover, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. They've been building towards that moment. Yeah, yeah, because I loved how it was actually that Clark couldn't fly, but Kal-El could. Yeah, I still think we got a little gypped in the end of that one, though, because we didn't actually get to see Tom Welling in the suit. It was CGI. Yeah, which, I don't know. I think it kind of works because then... Like, when I think back on the show, I still picture him in, you know, the red blur outfit. That's true. The and, red you know, blur primary outfit. primary color, really you know, um, Dickie's jackets that he I wore didn't... around the farm, which I loved, the blue and the red. Right. I didn't mind the Matrix look he had for a little while there. I mean, I know it's not true Superman, but it worked. He's trying to find yeah. his place. Yeah, the, like, black-on-black black trench coat Kal-El with the, the gray Superman logo. Exactly. It was awesome. It was cool. It was yeah. It was a nice kind of original look. At, you know, it was uh, basically a take off of the the Kryptonian healing suit after he died. And thank God they didn't give him the mullet to go with it. <laughs> oh dear Lord! The last thing they ever need to do is bring a mullet back on the TV, unless no. it's in an ironic sense. No mullets. We're going anti mullet here. No mullets. No mullets. I don't know. Uh, Naki had to go pop off to restart her computer. She was having some issues. So we'll come back to do her news of the week when she gets here. So I did have... Well, okay, here's this is a cool piece of news. Uh, Star Wars Episode Seven has officially started filming this week. Nice. Bad Robot tweeted out a picture of, like, the... What's the thing that you, the directors use to start the scene? Like, the placard or whatever? The clipboard? The clipboard or whatever. Yeah, they tweeted a picture of that that was the Star Wars Episode Seven one for their first stuff they were filming. So that was pretty cool. And I'm strangely more excited for Episode 7 than I thought I would be at this point in my life. I don't know why. <laughs> nice. I don't know why. The prequels left a semi-bad taste in my mouth, but I'm really excited for Episode 7, and I'm afraid that they're going to because crush my heart Because it's more again. Star Wars, and you're hoping 
that it's more really good Star Wars. That would be awesome. Because, I mean, I I don't know. I'm definitely not, like, a prequel apologist, like, you know, some people. But I do, there was good stuff in the first three. There was also awful stuff. But there was some cool stuff in the first three. Darth Maul was freaking awesome. Darth Maul should have been throughout the entire first three as a Sidious' stooge. Yeah, creating a character that cool and then killing him off in one movie is fucking stupid. But yeah, freaking, um, I don't know, the Anakin turning when he stops crying and just, you know, becomes a badass with dark eyes and just kills everybody in every room he walks into. I really like those scenes. When he walks into the factory and it's like, oh yeah, that door's going to close and everybody in that room is going to fucking die. I still think one of the toughest scenes in that movie to watch is when he's rampaging through the Jedi Temple and he walks into the council room chambers and the kid goes, Master Skywalker, what do we do? And I was like, oh no. It's like, yep. He's killing the younglings. The, the yeah, only thing once that, he did that, oh shit! There's no coming yeah. back from that. But but then he it makes you realize children. it makes you realize though that the weapon Luke Skywalker uses for the first two movies was used in the genocide of the Jedi, and you're like, ooh, this weapon yeah. might be tainted. His daddy's lightsaber. Yeah. I just love the the Facebook memes where it says, "What was it? I haven't." It shows the Obi Wan Alec Guinness from Part Four, and he's like, "I haven't heard that name since." I cut your dad's legs off and left him to burn to death in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's not quite how he phrases it, but that's what he was thinking. I haven't so, heard that name since I chopped your fucking dad's legs off and left him to die, burning on the edge of uh, lava flow. And he's surprisingly, Luke doesn't get pissed at him about it in Return of the Jedi. He, he kind of accepts why he was lied to. I was like, huh. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Now, Bleeding Cool has an interesting rumor I'm not sure that I believe, but supposedly Disney's marketing department has, in internal emails that Bleeding Cool got a hold of has stated the studio is planning to re-release A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi on DVD and Blu-ray in their original form, i.e. pre-special edition. That would be awesome. If they do that, they will make fucking millions. I think there it's are, fulfillment. There are hundreds of thousands of fans that would be happy as hell to rebuy those if you could get a nice digital Blu-ray without any of the changes. That's the reason I haven't bought the latest Blu-rays with everything on it, because it was just one change too many on some of that stuff. As I got the... My mother-in-law, for one Christmas, got me the original trilogy and then the prequels the next year, and she got me the first... The DVDs, That it was the first set of changes, so not the big swooping right. changes, but the first digital changes. Uh, we got a couple things in the chat room. Drassman said he... Uh, He's looking forward to Gotham to build the background of Batman, which I do think that trailer for Gotham looks great as well. He needs just, a mustache. I, yeah, I'm hoping they can keep it focused on Gordon and not turn it into Batman Jr. I'm actually afraid they're going to try to turn it into Batman Jr., and then they're going to fail. If they try and do Batman Jr., it needs to be Paul Dini and Kevin Smith's idea from Fat Man yeah, Batman. Fucking, yeah, Bloodhaven Academy. That, yep. If you haven't heard that, go listen to Fat Man on Batman. It was the last time Paul Dini was on. And they did, it was two episodes long, wasn't it? Because I think they had to cut it in half. Yeah, because they originally started talking about a topic, and then like, we can just do our own damn show, and that took yeah. about an hour and a half of them planning their own show, and they're like, somebody buy this, we'll do it. Yeah, and they laid down yeah what could honestly be the Bible for the first two seasons of a show of a young Bruce Wayne at a prep school that would, they were going to call it like Bloodhaven Academy, or they had a couple other names for it. And that just, yeah, what they described for two hours is worth more than almost anything I've seen on TV in the last 10 years. That would yeah, be fucking fantastic. amazing. 
And, and then, then Draft- uh, oh, you got it? Okay. Yeah, Draftsman's also brought up a good point back on Star Wars. I hope he's right about it. He goes, I hope they built some practical sets that look good. The huge problem with the sequels is the people just stared at a green screen for months. Yep. Yes. Yeah, the, the original... The original movies, one of the things that was great about them was it was the mix between practical and you know what wasn't quite CGI yet, but became CGI special effects. It's that mix. You gotta have both. It never works if it's a pure CGI whatever. And I think J.J. Abrams gets that as much as I dog on him for some of his stuff. The fact he's doing the new trilogy in film, not digital. He's using actually yeah. using film as the medium. Which I I'm think sure, that's awesome. I do too. I'm sure they're going to do a mix of practical and CGI. Because he's trying to get in touch with like the, for lack of a better term, the classic Star Wars vibe. <laughs> Mike's also sitting in the chat room. We were talking about the special. She goes, Han must shoot first. I completely agree. <laughs> And I said not first, only. Han's yeah. the only one that's shot. <laughs> uh, there's more on this rumor for Star Wars also. is I don't Again, this whole article, as I continue to read it, looks more and more like wish fulfillment, is that the new trilogy is going to be closely tied to the original, not so much the prequels. So they're going to market this as like a direct sequel, and that's why they're re-releasing. And then the other dubious rumor is that Disney is potentially phasing out the prequel trilogy by lumping it with the Legends label that they did all of the EU stuff. I don't believe that at all. No, because, yeah, they've, they've said that those are those the movies and the Clone Wars are the only canon left. They're not going to strip away, like, half of that. Right, and the reason, and Bleeding Cool continues, like, well, if you think about it this way, then they can do their own prequel movies featuring Vader and Darth, excuse me, Darth Vader and Yoda and all those guys, but that just sounds a lot like wish fulfillment to me, that someone's like, ooh, they might get rid of the prequels because a lot of people hate them. But at the yeah, same no, time, they, they play that. a part, guys. They play a part. Yeah. Guys. And, like, um, I've heard some people say, especially for the kids that grow up these days, for a lot of kids, those are their Star Wars movies. Right, that is their kids Star that Wars. Started going to movies in the late '90s and saw all those as they were launched in the theaters, and had never seen the original trilogy, especially you know, much less saw it in the theater, but didn't grow up with them. You know, they were five or six years old when Phantom Menace came out. For millions of those kids. They love those fucking movies. Right. I mean, I don't know how they love Jar Jar, but they love those fucking movies. Exactly. Here's something to consider. They were talking about this on a podcast I listened to called Current Geek. That episode three came out in 2005. They were almost ten years out from the last Star Wars. Think about those guys that saw episode five in their in their teenage early teenage years. They're in their early twenties now. Yep. They're going to be almost in the same boat that my generation was and Anthony's generation when we saw the original trilogy, be it some people older than us in theaters originally or just growing up because that's what their parents showed it to them, and then seeing the prequels, they're going to experience that that jump also. And yep. it's going to be grating for them. And I'm very curious to see what that generation says when they then see the new trilogy. If they're like, when oh, they this sucks. We like our trilogy better. They'll be, they'll be those. You know those voices will exist. But, yeah, it's one of those things where you know that those people that have grown up and now have disposable income, they're going to be lined up around the fucking corner of those theaters for Episode seven. I'm going to be lined up around the fucking yeah. corner for episode I mean, 7. I'm, no I'm matter gonna, what, it's going to make millions and millions of dollars. It's going to make Avengers money, episode 7. Yeah, I was just saying it's probably going to be the first film that's going to have a shot at taking down Avengers. For because worldwide blockbuster numbers, episode 7 is going to fucking bring them in. Yeah, Avengers built their hype over series movies scattered over a few years. Uh, Star Wars built their hype over series movies scattered over 30 years. <laughs> yeah. That hold a special place in many people's hearts. Indeed. 
Because you know it's going to bring back people who didn't like the prequels because they'll be like, ooh, but this takes place with Luke and all those guys. Yeah, at least I'm for back. episode 7. 8 and 9 might not do as much money, but 7, it's once again, it's everybody hoping for an amazing Star Wars film, just like they did when they lined up for Phantom Menace. Yeah, if Whether they or not break, they liked it, they all fucking lined up for Phantom Menace. If they break people's hearts, then it's harder to do. But that being said, I mega-loathed Phantom Menace, and I was still there opening weekend to see Attack of the Clones. And then I was still there opening weekend to see Revenge of the Sith. You're just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> At least I'm smarter than Nightwing, who thinks that Phantom Menace is better than Return of the Jedi. Well, that's because he's a French-Canadian. So, anyone who's listening, do me a favor. Send your hate mail about that to Nightwing at GunnaGeek.com and inform him kindly that Phantom Menace is in no way superior to Return of the Jedi. Because the hate wrong, mail. wrong, wrong. Yes, all I can think is that Dr. Cox scene in Scrubs is going wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah. Naki's uh, back! Yay! I am. I'm hoping that this time my internet won't shit out and might, when I come back, the sound will stay on. So that's what we're hoping. It's a conspiracy theory. The internet doesn't want her on the show today, I think. It's Seems it's like true. It. I'm just not be here at all. We were just yeah, talking about... I guess I'll just go take a nap. We were just talking about the Star Wars, uh, the new trilogy, and that the you missed this part, and I do want to get your take on it, is there's a rumor that Disney is going to re-release the original trilogy pre-special edition on Blu-ray and DVD. Fuck Yeah. Yeah, see? <laughs> everyone, everyone likes this idea. Give, yeah, give me that one. Give me that one. I want that one. <laughs> the yeah, ones that are in the things. Library of Congress. I mean, with Disney having bought them for, what was it, $400 million? It was $4.2 billion, I thought. Oh, no, yeah, it was billion. So I mean, that wasn't a cheap purchase. They've got to start recouping some of that money. And just owning all the properties is fine, and making the movies is good. But if they have all that catalog of films, and they can re-release the version that everybody wants, that Lucas never put out, that people are pissed off that he never put out, that's a damn good way to start recouping some of that money. Yeah, a draftsman brought up a good point in the chat room. He goes, we were all there for Phantom Menace. He goes, I skipped school to see Phantom Menace in the biggest screen I could find. <laughs> there you go. And I fully admit, when I saw Phantom Menace, I lived in Belgium at the time, and I did not see it opening weekend. I waited until two weeks when I was on vacation with my family. We were in England, and I made it a point of saying, while we're here, we're going to go see Phantom Menace. And there was so much Phantom Menace, like, promotional material and stuff over all the theaters, like huge giant banners and stuff like that. It was a hell of an experience. Nice. Well, in Belgium, would it be playing in French? What are Actually, they in Belgium? it wouldn't. There was a movie theater... It's called the Canopolis. It had like 16 screens on it, and everything was in English with either French or Flemish subtitles for the most part. Oh, okay. But, uh, most things you could find that way. The only time it got problematic is if you went to go see a movie and then someone was speaking in, say, another language. The subtitles weren't in English, so you didn't know what they were saying. Like, <laughs> I don't speak French or read French. Shit. <laughs> I would make it kind of hard to see foreign films. <laughs> yes, but I didn't watch a ton of movies there. I generally waited until they came out on VHS or DVD. Because this was like late 90s, early 2000s I was there, so it was like right on the outskirts of DVD, of DVD beginning. Nice. But yeah, that was fun. Uh, Draftsman said in the chat room, he goes, I hope you all watched Godzilla, but if you have not, it's good and suspenseful. I've heard good things on that one. I have lots of things to say on Godzilla, but I don't think either of you have seen it, and I don't want to spoil you. To be fair, I don't really plan on seeing it until it's out of theaters. 
Uh, I'll catch it on the big screen. We were going to go Friday night, and then our plans changed mid-evening, but me and the wife are going to see it eventually. I, still I don't need think to you can really Spider-Man. spoil it if I already know there's more than two monsters in it. Yes. Yeah, that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew that from the trailers, because if you watch, like, one of the very first trailers, there's a sequence where you see, like, the like the tip of a wing get slammed in the ground. It's like, that ain't fucking Godzilla's foot. That was a wing. <laughs> Yeah, see, I I pay that much attention to trailers. I didn't want to know like anything about it. I just wanted to go into there blindly, because you know it's Godzilla, and they broke my heart before with a Matthew Broderick movie. God, that was so bad. It was yeah. so bad. The Matthew so Broderick giant lizard movie that had nothing to do with Godzilla. Yeah, basically. So <laughs> I wanted to go see. I just wanted to go into it blindly, and you know what? Other than okay, so Brian Cranston was the best human in it. Honestly, by far. But I, you know, it's a very much a Godzilla movie. Like nice. you can't, like if if you if you've watched Final Wars and you've watched Godzilla movies prior to that, the canon, you'll enjoy this movie. See, it's been a long time since I've seen the Godzilla movies. I was a kid when I did. Yeah, I can't remember I how long know. ago it was I watched the Godzilla flicks. But yeah, I've heard good things about the the only detractors I've heard about this movie is that if there's anything that people don't like, it's the humans. Yeah, yeah, the, I've heard that too. yeah, yeah. Basically, oh, I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, basically, yeah, that 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 was the worst part of it. But like, the monster aspect of it is amazing. I was so excited to see Godzilla. Well, you've evidently spoken well enough about it, Naki, that Micah said he's going to go see it in the chat room. Yay! Uh, Draftsman said, "Button Godzilla." I kept hoping for Jagger to come out of nowhere. Well, yeah, obviously. I don't know that one. Jaeger. See Jaeger. Jaeger. Okay. That's, I thought it might have been, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> Go see Pacific Rim, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I don't care one way or another about Pacific Rim. I really don't. Hey, and the, more, hey, hey. the more people tell me I have to go see it, the more I'm like, I just don't care. Uh, Pacific Rim is fucking amazing. When it's on Netflix, I'll watch it. It's on HBO. Yeah, crap. It's on Netflix, you better watch it ten times. Well, if it's on HBO Go, I can watch it ten times. Halfway caught up to me. <laughs> I've watched that movie so many love times. Pacific Rim. See, and the only movie I have to compare Godzilla to is Pacific Rim. And that's boyfriend and I that when we talked about it, that's what my use is comparison because like a Godzilla movie is definitely, you know, Godzilla. But of recent kaiju movies, that's the most one that I that's the one that I have to compare it to. So, uh, Draftsman said, he goes, I felt like it was a really good disaster movie. You felt that it was a primal force movie. The scope of the monsters is huge. They are Lovecraftian in scale. Nice. Yes. Okay, it could be interesting. I don't know. I might go do it. I got. I want to see X-Men next weekend, though. That's the problem. And then maybe the weekend after that, I'll go see Godzilla. Oh, so yeah. Got, I'm taking okay. half day on Friday. We've got what? We've got X-Men next week, and then there's 22 Jump Street. Then we get a break until Guardians of the Galaxy, and then the week after that is Lucy. Yeah, Lucy I want to see also. I forgot about that one. Oh, speaking of Guardians, real quick, just a heads up for people who are watching live. The next Guardians of the Galaxy trailer comes out tomorrow on Monday. Yep. And for those that are listening at a later date, I'm talking about Monday, May 19th, is when the new Guardians <laughs> trailer came out. So if you're listening then, you've already probably seen the trailer. But oh. I'm excited. If now is then, then this was in the past. Yes. And my head just exploded. Can I do my news of the week real quick since that, I was... Yeah, we'll toss it to you since you are now back with us to do news. <laughs> Hooray, I can do my news. <laughs> um, 
So you might have seen uh, Planetalia, also known as and myself on Twitter, freaking out about this. Um, Viz Media has purchased all of the original Sailor Moon, and it is being released in all of its uncut glory, which means we are getting the... They are no longer... Uh, Sailor Neptune and Sailor... Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Uh, too tired for this. They're no longer cousins. Lesbian lovers, guys! We get the lesbian lovers back. We get the gay... We get all of the 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 homoerotic that is Sailor Moon. Um, on top of the fact that we get the we get everything from the original Sailor Moon onto the latest series, all on Hulu. Um, it's being streamed. I think four episodes are coming out on Monday, and then they're doing one episode every Monday until the new series, uh, Sailor Moon Crystal, starts. And so excited! No one should be this excited, but I am because I love Sailor Moon and I love my '90s anime. See, I Wait, so Sailor Moon is all about box diving. Oh, in the later series, uh, once you get past like <laughs> the thing, yes. <laughs> I don't know it, why it, that was so funny to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. You get les there. There is lesbian lover glory, Sailor Moon, and they made them because. Um, who owned them originally, I can't think of the name, uh, thought that that would be inappropriate. Um, they were cousins, and it was weird. <laughs> so when Viz Media did their long trailer, they kept emphasizing the uncut glory that we are getting. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Mike also pointed out in the chat room that Seth MacFarlane's Wild West movie is coming out the week after X-Men. Oh, that looks so fucking good. Yeah, so you might not have a week off that week, Naki, because that does look pretty interesting. That went bad so fast! Which one? Seth MacFarlane's new Wild West movie. A I can't million ways to die in the West. Seth I don't want to give him money. Yeah, but look at the cast. Well, I really don't want to give him money. Give it to NPH and Ralph Garman, who both rock some serious mustaches in that film. They really do. Though I believe NPH's was probably true. A, a glue-on. Ralph Garman's was real, because they talked about it on Hollywood Babylon for like three months. He was growing his mustache out on the show because he was getting ready to go film A Million Ways to Die in the West. Right. I mean, look at the cast. that You've got Seth MacFarlane, Charlize Theron, Amanda Seyfried, Liam Neeson, Giovanni Ribisi, you know, Patrick Harris, Sarah Silverman. Those are all your uh, your main cast members. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I just, uh, I really dislike Seth MacFarlane. I and really dislike him. I just, uh, I don't want to give as, him money. But Christopher Lloyd is in it as Doc Brown. I know. Like, there's a scene where they have a DeLorean. Oh my god, I have to see How, this. Yeah, you should go see that trailer. It's Seth MacFarlane sees like a barn lit up in the middle of the night, and he goes to check on it, and he opens the door, and Doc Brown is in there covering a DeLorean with a tarp. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. I will I'm, go see it just for that sequence. I'm totally sold on this now. Uh, I, this is the most important thing for me to see next. <laughs> I just... Uh, uh, I hate him. Why do you why do you hate him? I mean, he's I know people don't like Family Guy, but look at some of the stuff he's done lately, bringing back Cosmos and things like that. Yeah, okay, so he's got Cosmos, which is you know that I like, but if you just in general as a person, he's a shitty ass human being, and I really don't like him, and I don't want to give him money. 
That's all right. I don't care about Orson Scott Card. He's not a good guy. He's a Mormon who's anti-gay and blah, blah, blah. Still went and saw Ender's Game. It was a cool movie. Oh, it wasn't as good as the book, but it was a cool movie. Yeah, book's far better. Well, Keith of course it is. Movie. <laughs> Keith bought the movie, and we still haven't watched it. It's just sitting there. It's it's a fun watch. They did some cool stuff with some of the special effects and visualizing how like the game systems would work and appear. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much of a problem with Seth MacFarlane personally. I think he tries to do humor that weirds people out a lot. That, and that's all Family Guy's turned into is what can I get away with now? Yeah. I think it's because he's bored with it in all honesty. It's, it's, keep well, pushing look the envelope until you fall off. See, I went, yeah. I went and saw Ted. I had a, I had a press screening That's for hilarious. that. And what it was basically Family up? Guy. It was Family Guy with a teddy bear. It was just like, I don't, I don't want to watch I Family it was Guy with a teddy bear. Than family guy. Well, that's because yeah, they could say I fuck. Did too. <laughs> they said they, they were uncensored. It's because it was a teddy bear. <laughs> and, and it had Mila Kunis. Yeah, uh, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis isn't Family Guy. I know. You <laughs> yeah, but you can't see her. He read my mind. Yeah. It's just, it's he's just so, uh, I don't like fair, him. Fair enough, you don't have to like him, but here, here's something that might you might like. I don't know. That's right, Naki, I hate Bob's Burgers. There, we're even. Ooh. Ah. So, guys, it's not even E3 yet, and I'm going to get this out real quick because we're running low on time, but Microsoft's been dropping some serious knowledge on people. Firstly, price drop coming to, Microsoft, to the Xbox One because they're unbundling the Kinect. Mm-hmm. So it'll now be three ninety nine for an Xbox One minus Connect. I don't really care about that personally because I already own one. But hey, if it helps them catch Sony, that's great. Next announcement: Halo Five Guardians coming out next year. Go team! <laughs> I'm super stoked for that one. The next announcement: This is a leaked rumor that came out that The Verge picked up that they are looking at putting out Halo: The Master Chief Collection this year, which will be announced at E3. That is Halo One through Four remastered for the Xbox One. Yes, please. Huh. That wouldn't be bad. But isn't like 98% of all the games on the X-Bone, don't you need the Kinect to fucking play them? No. No. They, they tried to say that so that people would develop games that made use of the Kinect, but honestly, I don't use the Kinect for playing Titanfall at all. I don't use it for playing Assassin's Creed, and I use it very occasionally for playing uh, Dead Rising. Because if you get grabbed by a zombie in Dead Rising, if you pick up the controller and shake it, then they get bucked off of you, which is a cool effect. But... Huh. So my question is: Is the Kinect going to go the way of the Power Glove? Probably. That's the that's the thing. And I know a lot of developers are pissed because there's a lot of guys that were doing indie games for Xbox One that made use of the Kinect because that's how Microsoft sold it. Like this is going to be on every system, so you don't have to worry about developing a game that uses Kinect controls and people not being able to do it because they have to have a Kinect. And that's the one. The one thing I saw for news on the X-Bone was that uh, Microsoft finally pulled their head out of their ass and is no longer going to require a gold membership to fucking stream Netflix. Right, that was the next thing. They removed the paywall from Netflix and uh, pretty much any app that does streaming on there. You don't have to have Xbox Live Gold to be able to use it. So pretty much anything that you could already do for free on PlayStation? Yes, and then keeping (laughs) in line with copying PlayStation Network, because that model seems to be working for them, what they did... They are now going to roll out games with gold for the Xbox One. And for those that aren't familiar, that's basically two free games you get per month as long as you're a gold subscriber on the Xbox One. I see. Yeah, that almost sounds like they're trying to make a good business decision now. Yes. The difference between what they're (laughs) 
Xbox 360's had games with gold for probably about a year now. And any game you got, you basically downloaded to your hard drive and you could play forever, even if you get rid of Xbox Gold, Xbox Live Gold. The difference on the Xbox One is as soon as your gold subscription runs out, all those free games you downloaded, you can't play anymore until you have gold again. But as long uh, as you have Xbox Live Gold, you can play those games as much as you want and not have to pay for them, which is kind of cool. That's not bad. It's an interesting way to get people to stay using Xbox Live. I was going to say, yeah, because was, when they announced the Netflix thing, I was like, well, I can probably get rid of my live then. Because, I honestly, I don't, I don't have time to game as much as I used to. Right. Especially going back to school and working and everything. Like, it's just, there's no, it's not going to happen. Before anyone points out to me that, oh, that's a dick move that you have to keep Xbox Live Gold to play your Xbox One games that you get for free, it's the same thing my, that PlayStation does on PlayStation Plus for the PS4. You can only play those free games as long as you have PlayStation Plus. Ah, so I didn't know that. I never in the Plus thing. I didn't know that either until I read it in a couple different tech blogs when I was reading up on this story. Yeah, so. just, yeah they're, the business model for the Xbox and X, the 360 just made no sense that you had to pay for a gold subscription to watch Netflix when you could do it for free on the PlayStation. My Xbox 360 hasn't been turned on more than twice since I got my fucking PS3. Right. My Xbox 360 hasn't been turned on much, but that's because I got an Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and also, I don't know if anyone's interested, this week, watch, no, next week, I guess, is Watch Dogs comes out. Yes. That's, which a lot that's... of people have been excited about, but I am which holding off Which does look kind of cool. I'm going to wait until the reviews are out, because if it gets pushed back that many times, it worries me. I'm hoping it's pushed back so they can make it right, not because there were issues. But it could but, mean that that means that they're making a better game. It could, and I hope that's the case. But I'm not going to put down 60 bucks to buy a shitty game because I'm being a little more discriminating with my money lately. It, it hurts me to say that. Possible incoming text message. That's our note right there to start wrapping up the show, I guess. I'm, I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> my computer's making noises. It sounds like AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> Jesus is coming. Jesus. Jesus. But... We've got about 10 minutes left in the show, so we'll just start wrapping up, and we're going to do that in our traditional way of just talking about what we're getting into, what we've been doing, and I'm going to go first because that's my prerogative since I've been talking. And I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale, Arrow finale, and those are the two things that are really popping out at me because my week has been really busy. Oh, and I went to the comic book shop, and I got something awesome that I will share with you, the viewers. It is my Arrow two-pack of figures with Slade Wilson, Deathstroke. And Oliver Queen in it. And it is glorious. And you can see my timer reflected in it. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> these ones will actually be opened and put out on my desk, though. I don't open everything, but these are too cool not to open. So, those are cool. I, I expect um, video of you playing with them. Screw that. I'm playing with them on the show from now on. If I get bored, Hooray! you guys are going to see me here staging <laughs> battles between Deathstroke and Ollie. I got There's my camera. So I'll do it about like that. And, make <laughs> and I'll start bringing in all my spaceships I have upstairs, and there'll be like space battles if I get bored. See? There nice. you go. This is how I'm going to do it. I, whichever one of you guys want to go next with what you've been getting into. I won't appoint people because that's mean. Go, Ducky. Okay. Um... Yesterday I finished the seventh book in the Dresden Files series um, called Deadbeat. Um, I am now on Proven Guilty. These books are absolutely amazing. Like, they're not by any means, they're not real well written or anything like that. But this, this uh, the wizard, Harry Dresden, 
Um, yeah, he just rode a Tyrannosaurus Rex into battle. So that's awesome. <laughs> and for those I that mean, don't know, that's the the Lance sisters on the the dad of the Lance sisters on Arrow is Harry Dresden in the TV show. You are correct. What? Yeah, he's in Arrow, the guy who played Harry Dresden on TV. Oh god, that show was awful. Don't don't watch that show. It has nothing to do with the books. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, anyways, uh so that that happened. Uh, instead of watching Arrow last night, I watched uh, Josie and the Pussycats, and I maintained my status. Was that was a good good choice because yes. And what else did I do this week? Oh, I'm going to the comic book shop today. So if there's anything that you think I need to pick up, drop me a line on Twitter. Um, I have my usual pull list, but you know if there's anything new that I'm missing, you know feel free to drop a line. I'm not pick up in the cowl by Kyle Higgins, C O W L, Chicago okay. Organized Workers League. It is a. Uh, it's a is it independent book. or is that it on DC? Independent. I think it's via Image. It came out. Okay. I think I don't remember. I think they it at me so that I remember. <laughs> um. So I've got. I'm going to go pick up my comics today. Uh, went and saw Godzilla. Obviously, highly recommend that if you like kaiju movies. It is definitely a kaiju movie with some humans involved. Um. What else did I do this week? I think I just worked. Yeah, I think I just worked this week. So, um, but coming up, we have, well, right now, the reason why we don't have a guest host this week is because all of our guest hosts are at ASEN, which is Anime Central. So I'm sure we'll have people next week and they'll, um, they'll, they'll regale us with tales of anime-ness that is happening. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I got. Let's all make Chris watch Pacific Rim. Meh. You watch Pacific Rim. You will. You go watch Arrow. Both of you get on it. What do okay. I? Get? What's in it for me if I watch Pacific Rim? Okay. Giant start... fucking monsters fighting giant fucking robots. That's what's in it for you. <laughs> I'll start watching Arrow when you start watching when you watch Pacific Rim. When I start watching or when I watch the whole thing. When you watch the whole thing of Pacific Rim, I'll start watching Arrow. I think this is a lie. I'm going to watch this, and then she's not going to do it. I'm going to get pissy. <laughs> Either way, you still win, because then you will have watched Specific Rim. <laughs> it's on HBO Go, right? Yep. Okay, it doesn't cost me anything extra. I will watch it at some point in the next it's week. It's on my damn shelf. It's on my tablet. It's on well, my it's, PC. It doesn't really help me if it's it on your shelf and tablet, and I live, like, what, a thousand miles away? <laughs> I will give you access to my Voodoo account so you can fucking watch it. God damn it. Go watch Pacific Rim. It's fucking good. Well, other than badgering me to watch Pacific Rim, Anthony, what have you been getting into? Well, apparently last night, the rum. I, I got into the rum. Why is all the rum gone? Yeah, because Anthony <laughs> drank it. There was a $30 bottle of Kraken, which I apparently polished off while we were playing uh, Cards Against Humanity. Over with my Went over to my buddy's house. My other friend from high school was there. And my buddy uh, lives with his in-law, so it was his wife and her mom and dad and my two friends from high school and me and my wife all playing Cards Against Humanity. And somewhere in the middle of the second game, I apparently drank too much because I remember playing, and then I woke up <laughs> here this morning. And I'm not really sure of anything that happened in between. 
That's fantastic. Well, yeah, you still have a wedding ring on, right? So uh, Yeah, and the wife was in bed with me this morning, and I was in bed, not on the couch, so I think things are good. I don't know. I'll, I'll go talk to her after this and find out. And if he I'm was drunk. not praying to the porcelain god either, so those are both yeah. positive signs. Yeah, my throat's a little sore, but it's as sore as it was yesterday, so I don't believe there was any actual crazy projectile vomiting, so I think I'm good. That's good. Yeah. And speaking of Cards Against Humanity, I just saw Lance Armstrong tweeted late last night that he was playing just another, <laughs> he said just another night of playing cards against humanity it's a picture of the card that says Lance Armstrong's missing testicles so kudos nice. to him. which is beautiful yes. yeah other than that um been getting into Wildstar uh beta ends to or uh, open beta ends today and so then there's what i think 2 weeks until the 3 day head start goes live and the game launches uh i think June 1st or 3rd or something so yeah, so today's my last day to play Wildstar until the game actually counts. So this is the last day before all characters are wiped. So I'll be running around a little bit in Wildstar, just messing around with a couple characters, throwing away gold, giving it to people. <laughs> That's awesome. Because, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all going away. Have this gold. And this gold. This yep. gold is for you. Goodbye. <laughs> yep, all the characters are about to be wiped. So, yeah, I'm going to bounce around, try some missions, go hunt up some places. I freaking love that game. Just uh, the paths alone is worth playing the game. They came up with ideas that besides your race and your class, you choose one of four paths to either be a scientist, a soldier, um, an explorer, or a settler. So either you build stuff, you look around for stuff, you fight more, or you, like, learn things. And it's literally... However, whatever gameplay style you have in an MMO, there is a way to play the way you want to enjoy the game in Wildstar, which okay. is just amazing. Because I've basically been an explorer in every MMO I've ever played. I'm the person always going around and like looking behind stuff and trying to figure out if you know all the coding is correct on the environment and seeing if there's places you can get that you shouldn't be able to get to. And in Wildstar, those places have like flags that you can post and little boxes of treasure for you to find. That's cool. Oh, so I did forget one thing I've been getting into is I bought a Nintendo 2DS on Thursday night, I guess it was, because it came bundled with Pokemon, so I've been playing that, and then I got Legend (laughs) of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the remake, and I'm playing that now. So my life is consumed by Zelda games right now, and if I could figure out how to friend people on the DS, I would. I don't even know what my damn friend code is, but if you have Um, some, send them my way. It's the orange square at the top. Okay, so if you guys have a friend code (laughs) and you want to be my friend on Nintendo DS... Just send me a message with the friend code, and I'll try and figure out mine and send you it back. <laughs> Apparently, um, Naki, you need can, to teach Chris how to play his new I toy. I can show you, and then we'll be friends everywhere. Chris and I are BFFs. We are? All because of Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. for the. Oh, and I get to restart my Battlestar Galactica now, because that was the rules. I had to wait until May, and it is May. Nice. So soon <laughs> I will be restarting Battlestar Galactica, because why the hell not? Actually, I just thought of that. The wife and I are doing that, too, but we restarted Friends. I own I all friends. ten seasons on DVD. But Battlestar. No, I love Battlestar, but I don't own it, so. Netflix has it. Yeah, but I only go out. It's what we watch while we're eating dinner, so I can finish something quick and come okay. back in the office and go back to coloring. So Too we sure. were, we had to quit picking hour-long shows because I was spending and I'd eat dinner and then sit there for forty minutes and not do anything. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying what we were watching because we were going through Chuck. But she's like, we need to find a show that we can watch a half hour at a time so you can just come out, eat dinner, and then go back to work. And I was talking to a friend at work about 
uh, the fact that I owned all the Friends DVDs. It's like, you know, I haven't watched this through in a while, so this is the third time I've watched all the way through the entire DVD collection. And it's only 22 minutes of pop then, too. You're good. Yeah, they're they're much shorter. You're good. But I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Well, don't worry, guys. We'll be back next week. That's either a threat or a promise, depending on how you guys take it. Both, yeah. bitches. Both. It could be. Uh, don't forget, <laughs> we stream live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Do the math for all the other time zones, because I still refuse to do it. Over Even if we're hungover in the mountain. Yeah, even over at live.atgnpodcast, or you can catch us later at atgnpodcast.com or gunageeknetwork.com, where you can check out all of the other fantastic shows that make up the Gun and Geek Network. So shout out to all our friends over there. Yay. Yay. Um, Hi, friends. At gunageek.com. Gotta get those plugs in. So that wraps us up for this week, and we will see you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Ugh. Have a good week, guys, and bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy on the Gunna Geek Podcast Network. You can find ATGN in a variety of places. Some of those include our website at atgnpodcast.com or on certain apps like Stitcher Radio. In fact, we're even on Gunna Geek's main website at gunnageek.com slash network where you can find All Things Good and Nerdy and all of the other shows that are part of the Gunna Geek Network family. If you want to get in touch with the show directly, don't forget you can use any of the social media methods like Facebook at facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy or Twitter at ATGN Podcast. That's not your cup of tea for getting in touch with us. Don't forget about the ATGN hotline at 304-806-ATGN. We check it each week, so leave us a message and we'll get back to you and put it on the show. That's going to wrap up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Join the Atahe, Naki, and myself next week for an all-new live show at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at live.atgnpodcast.com. The music you've heard for both the intro and outro of this show were found on SoundCloud.com and are used in accordance with the Creative Commons licenses. Leaving Earth by Abandon All Hope is used as the outro of this show, and The Wind Waker by the Neskimos is used as the intro and slightly modified in both cases. To get links directly to these songs, go to atgnpodcast.com and check out the background music section.